I'm Jasmine. I'm Alyssa. I'm Rhiannon. Welcome to Books, Books Between, Between Sisters. sisters. <laughs> working out our name <laughs> no, we have a name yeah. we've said a name. some of us don't know it um we are books between sisters we are sisters three sisters who wants to go first introducing yourself go ahead Lisa. you're the one who prepared Rhiannon and I did not prepare so um my name is Alyssa I'm the middle sister and I have been a bookworm since elementary school like I feel like the first time I picked up a book I just loved reading um so much so that even in elementary school I joined a book club and we had to read a certain amount of books and we competed against other schools in a trivia competition and I loved it like I how do I have no recollection of this <laughs> I got a award and everything what yeah <laughs> I remember that <laughs> you do yes Oh my gosh, that's yeah. so fun. I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, my favorite kinds of books are ones that surprise me. And that doesn't necessarily mean like suspenseful or scary, but ones where the author is like really good at leading you down a certain path. That's not super obvious because, of course, when you, something's obvious, you're like, oh, that's too obvious. It can't be that. But they can put subtle hints in. To make you think that you're on to something that you have, you're just like paying really good attention. And then at the end, they like completely switch it up. And then you go back and read it and you're like, how did I not figure this out? Yeah. So th those are the kinds of books that I really love. And also the ability for an author to be able to get you to connect with a character. Even if you haven't gone through the same thing that character has gone through. But you feel like you are going through it with them. Um, I think that's such a great skill for an author to have. Um, like when the character's mad, you're mad. When they're sad, you're sad. When you're scared, they're, you're scared. And the the ability to be able to control somebody's emo emotions, like a complete strangers, just based off of a story that you created, I think is amazing. A skill I wish I had. Right? Um, I definitely give high ratings to authors like that. There's this um, quote that I actually put on my Instagram a long time ago, and it's still so true today. It said that moment when you finish a book, look around and realize that everyone is just carrying on with their lives as though you didn't just experience emotional trauma at the hands of a paperback. <laughs> I feel like there's so many times when I finish a book and I have like all these emotions going on and then AJ will be, my husband will be in the other room playing video games, laughing with his friends. I'm like, how are you laughing right now? Something <laughs> dramatic just happened. And then I have to realize, oh, it was just a, it was just a book. Come back to reality. <laughs> so it, it's really cool to be able to have a space where I can actually feed off of everyone else's energy because we all are going to be reading the same book and I, I can talk to AJ about it but it's not the same because he doesn't really read so um half I, listening yeah mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. half listening oh okay mm -hmm. you know share yeah. this trauma with me <laughs> you know so I'm really excited to be able to do this with you guys and um especially because like we talked about we all have very different tastes in books so it's going to be really cool to really expand my library and um I think that's that's a really good thing because I definitely have this dream of Beauty and the Beast the library the library in there maybe not to that degree that's excessive <laughs> but one day having my own library right now I just have a bookshelf but just to have a room full of books and have to have a ladder to get up to some of them <laughs> have them all sectioned off in, in genres I think is um really really cool so I'm excited to be able to expand my library to be able to you know have that one day and um yeah I'm I'm really glad that I'm able to do this with you guys oh well who is your favorite 
author or authors? See, that's so hard because I feel like every time I have a favorite author, I read another book and I'm like, oh, no, they're, I love them. And like, I, I can't, I can't choose. No. Who currently then? Um, right now it's Colleen Hoover. Colleen Hoover. Colleen Hoover. Okay. Yep. Never. She wrote, um, it starts with, or it ends with us. She actually has it. It starts with us. That's coming out in, um, I believe it's October. So, but that's a really good book. I actually put that in that in our jar. So, Ooh, hopefully, awesome. we'll be able to read that pretty soon. Yeah. So that's one thing to tell our audience is that our we have a jar of books. Um, so we each wrote down a bunch of books that we. Uh, want to read or have read and want to share with each other. And we're going to take turns picking from the bar, uh, jar of books as we finish each book. So that is what she was referring to when she said she put that in her jar. <laughs> you want to go next, Jess? Oh, boy. I did not prepare. So, well, man, I have to follow Alyssa. Okay. I have also been a bookworm. I think it's just in our blood, apparently. I did not get to do anything cool like that in school where you competed with other schools and did this trivia thing. That sounds amazing. Overachiever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was in a book club in school, and there was nothing better than when they would hand you that brand new book and you just kind of like flap it in front of your face and it's that new book smell. That was the best. It's Orange still the best. Orange smells like that yeah. all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you just walk through the aisles flipping the books in your face. Um, but yeah, and I always took part in the summer readings at the library, which I think we all did, mm-hmm. where you had to read so many books on the list. Absolutely and, not. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brandon's our slower reader of the group. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, to put it bluntly, <laughs> <laughs> we're dragging her into this book club with us. Um, but no, I um, I love to read still. It's uh, something that, like Alyssa explained, you kind of go through this emotional roller coaster by yourself as you're reading this book. And then when it ends, you're like, I just need to talk to somebody about it. And now we have somebody to talk to about it. So I think that's really awesome. Oh, and I am the oldest sister. I'm Alyssa's the middle sister. I'm the oldest. And uh, me the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. Alyssa's was so beautiful. Hey, I do have a book quote on my Instagram, actually. So, Alyssa, was yours on your, like, when somebody goes onto your profile, that's what they see as your description? No, it was just, it was like a clip picture that I took a long, long time ago, and I just posted it that way. Oh, okay. Well, mine is actually on my profile, and it's from a book by Lauren Oliver, Pandemonium. Have you guys read that? Never. Mm-hmm. I love it. I don't know if I put it in the jar of books. I should. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my quote is, you can build a future out of anything, a scrap, a flicker, the desire to go forward slowly, one foot at a time. I don't think you get that gold from anything but books. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. special. Yeah. All right. Well, Rhiannon, you're up. Hello. I am Rhiannon. Uh, I do really love to read books. Uh, I just am a very slow reader, so it's always discouraged me from reading books. I would listen to audiobooks, but they're they're kind of expensive, so I got that kind of money. Um <laughs> I also have a lot of different interests that pull at me, too. I am a really big anime fan, and I love playing video games, and I love to draw, and just a whole bunch of other hobbies that I have. But I always like to come back to reading every once in a while. I have a lot of books that I really, really love and would totally read again because it's been a while since I've read them. Why why don't you name five more things that you like better than reading? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Got them right on top of my head. Um, but I have the the same kind of feelings that you guys with books. It just pulls you in and it's like you're transferred to an entirely different universe and you feel with the characters and it's it's just a whole nother kind of experience. And then at the end of the book, you're left with all these feelings where you want it to continue, but a lot of the times it doesn't and it kind of sucks. But, but yeah, we have each other. 
now support system book support that's what our name of our podcast should be book, book, book support, support. Good name. <laughs> well awesome well Maybe that will be the name of this episode book support there you go um well to kick us off I'm, we chose our book a couple of weeks ago and the first book out of the jar of books was mine and I was kind of disappointed because I kind of wanted to read what you guys put in, but that's okay. I love this book that we're reading. We um, to all of them. We will. We will. Um, this book that we are reading currently is The Breakdown by B.A. Paris, and I love B.A. Paris. She has multiple books. She's kind of a newer author, I believe, but maybe not so new. I mean, I think maybe like 20... 15, and that's not really that new, I guess, anymore. Um, but uh, just she does a lot of suspense books, and it's exactly as Alyssa said, where she draws you into the characters but leaves you in suspense until the very end with this huge twist. So I want to know your guys' thoughts. Well, well, first, should we do the synopsis, like kind of a synopsis for our listeners? Yeah, just in case of... You know, someone wants to read the book and there's there's definitely going to be a lot of spoilers. Yes, this is not a spoil-free podcast, so there will be spoilers. But we will give you a brief synopsis first if you are interested in reading the book, just to give you an idea. And then you can just pause our podcast, go read the book, come back to us and share in our feelings. <laughs> Don't forget to come back. Don't forget to come back. <laughs> it's so menacing. You better come back to this oh, podcast. Yeah. We can see you watching us. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so scary. <laughs> I don't know. That, that I wouldn't even know how to do that. It goes along with the book theme, so I, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fitting. <laughs> well, this book is about a woman named Cass, and she has left. Uh, she works for at a school. She's a teacher, and she's left the school for the summer. And as she's heading home, she calls her husband and or is texting one or the other. And um, there's this ominous text about don't go through the woods. Don't take the shortcut. Go stay on the main road. And there's this storm coming. So as she's driving, she uh, runs into the storm. There's like thunder. And this is um, a book. This author is from the U.K., so there's a lot of I picked that up British, quickly. yeah, <laughs> British uh, words like lorries. I had to look that up, and it's like semi trucks. So she's getting scared because there's all this thunder, rain. She can barely see out of her windshield, and lorries are driving by. And so as soon as she sees the shortcut, she's like, "Whoop! I'm taking the shortcut." <laughs> I'm glad that you guys actually looked up what the words meant because I literally just skipped over those words. (laughs) I was like, this doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, well, to take this even further into how nerdy I went into this, the book, each book chapter starts with a date. I went onto my phone calendar and I looked back in years to see which day and date matched up (laughs) to Hmm. this book. And so looking at the calendar, the day starts on July 17th, Friday, July 17th, and that lines up with 2015. Hmm. Yeah. And this book, I think... That's when she wrote it, right? Or 2014 uh, or 2015, I think it was. I think it was 2015. It was published 2017. Oh. Hmm. So, yeah. So I think that I'm correct that she probably was writing it around 2015, so... Uh, that just helped me put it into like context, I guess. <laughs> I was just like, I need to know the date. I also thought it was kind of cool because I'm pretty sure, yeah, I started reading this book on July 18th. So oh. It was kind of matched up. That it is kind of so put smart. me in a good mindset of, I mean, it wasn't the same yeah. day, obviously, but it kind of put me in the same mindset of, like, is this happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I didn't even think to do that. Um, but yeah, so she decides to take the shortcut because she's scared on the main road. That part I did not understand. I'm like, you're on, you know, she obviously knows the shortcut, knows that it's these dark woods that have a ton of potholes and just it's dark. And she's scared on the main road that's fully lit, lots of cars driving by. I think her mindset was 
basically because it was raining so hard and there was all of those lorries all over the place that she was like either going to be crashing into one or one of them was going to crash into her. And it was like an impulse thing for her to go off to the well, power cut. Yeah. I think it also had to do with time because she wanted to get home quickly because of the storm and going that back way was going to get her home quickly. Yeah. So... I don't know. It wasn't bright either way. No, I was just like, yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. But she does it. And she quickly regrets her decision because she's hitting all these potholes and the rain is just as hard and it's dark. But she comes upon this car that's in the lay-by, the side of the road. And she sees a woman looking out at her from what she can tell because it's raining really hard. Um, And she stops thinking that maybe the woman needs help. And she stalls for a few minutes, but the woman doesn't come out. She doesn't flash her light. She doesn't do anything. So she cast just assumes that she's just there for whatever reason, not in distress. She goes home, doesn't think about it, goes to sleep. The next day, her husband, Matthew, lets her know that a woman was murdered at the exact location that she saw that car. So um, that's kind of the start of the book. Um the rest, I mean, to give a just kind of brief synopsis of what to expect is that um, now Cass is dealing with the fact that this murder happened. She didn't report it. Um, she didn't help the woman that may, thinking that maybe if she did stop and help that it would have prevented her from being murdered. And Cass is forgetting a lot of things. And so the book is kind of taking us on that roller coaster with her. So I would say here is where there's going to be those spoilers. So if you would like to read the book, highly encourage you to grab a copy of The Breakdown. Read along with us. Um, we're going to be taking each of our um, podcasts. What What is this? Uh, each of our shows. <laughs> um, episodes. Episodes. There we go. Uh, we'll be, we're taking half the book at a time. So for um, this episode, we went, uh, the chapters are not numbered, but we went till uh, in my book, it was a page 166, I think. So yeah, if you want to- get a smaller version, it's page 197. Yeah, Rhiannon got the little one. (laughs) (laughs) I went for the cheap version on Amazon. (laughs) Um, But yeah, please read along with us. Pause this podcast if you want to read along and then come, like I said, come share in our emotions, in our in our letting out of our excitement of what's going on with this book. So um, what are your thoughts so far, Alyssa? So I struggle with some of her decisions. Like some of them, I feel like going down the, the road obviously was not a good decision, but I am glad she had enough common sense not to get out of her car. Because it did talk about how she almost got out of her car and I almost threw the book across her. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, end a book. Just let her get murdered. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you would get out of your car. So I'm glad she decided not to. Um, and then early on in the book, I I wrote down page 24 Matthew and Rachel, I'm super suspicious of. <gasps> Me too. What do you mean suspicious of Matthew and Rachel? Both of them together. I think they there's a lot of hints towards them. They're, they're saying that they don't like each other, that they actually kind of hate each other, but I just don't buy it. <laughs> so you no. wrote down page 24 for that. Page 24, um, yes, because... I think at that point she had gotten the text message from Rachel. Um, I think the next day she woke up and um, so she thought the text message from Rachel was weird. And then she woke up the next day and Matthew had given her some coffee or or something, something to drink. And then she had started um, a little bit later in the book, started talking about having a headache. And I think Rachel even got her something to drink, too, when she met up with her. Interesting. So I started picking up on stuff. I'm like, hmm, interesting that she has a headache after two meals of not her not seeing where the food or drink is coming from. I don't know if either of you picked up on that. You picked up on that a lot faster than me. I wrote down page 101. 
when I started being suspicious. I was suspicious of Matthew from the beginning of the book because of certain things, but I didn't pick up on Rachel until page 101. I think the reason why I picked up on both of them is because it started talking about um, her mom and how she didn't tell Matthew that. So that's why I was suspicious of Rachel because Rachel would have obviously known that. But then Matthew, just the way that he kept bringing up the um, the murder and like not kind of letting her forget about it, that that really made me suspicious of him as well. What made me really suspicious of both of them is, so what I really picked up on from, I don't remember what page it was, but it was one of the pages earlier before page 101, where he was basically telling uh, Cass that, oh yeah, I told you this. And she's like, no, you didn't. And he was like, yes, I did. You know, I felt like he was like gaslighting her at that point. And then she would go to Rachel and Rachel would, she would be like, oh, I keep forgetting this and this and this. And um, that one when she had ran into those old friends and she said, I didn't tell them a specific date. And Rachel's like, yes, you did. And I was like, yeah. Hmm. Well, to give some context, um, well, I think we already explained Matthew is Cass's husband. They've been married for a year. And Rachel is Cass's best friend who basically is like a sister to her. They grew up together. Uh, something about Rachel's parents, they weren't really around a lot. And so Rachel was at Cass's house a lot. Her uh, Cass's parents were basically like Rachel's parents. And um, I don't, I didn't catch on to that really. I mean, I thought that the headaches that Cass kept getting were, were just excuses because she's like dealing with this trauma of the fact that she didn't report the murder or re- report the woman being on the road. And she keeps forgetting all the all those things. So I feel like she's just kind of receding into herself a bit. And so that's what I got from the headaches. But now I'm suspicious as well. Well, I went into this book very um, just suspicious. <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> I need to really pay attention to these details. So there is another part, too, which I was kind of like, that's interesting, where Cass had mentioned that she was receiving the silent phone calls and she mentioned it to Rachel and Rachel's like, oh, it's probably someone international, you know, blah, 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 blah. I get those all the time. I do have issue with those silent phone calls. Yeah. And then she had, she basically like pushed it off, but then she went to go tell Matthew and Matthew gave her pretty much the exact same answer. Yeah. Where I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like silent phone calls, like, yeah, that's really creepy. First of all, like, I don't know why and you're downplaying getting that. like multiple of those calls yeah. a day. Like she, there was one point in the book where she, she's get so used to getting these calls now that she picks it up, hangs it up and they call back. She picks it up, hangs it up. They call back. And I'm like, no, that is not a normal silent call. Yeah. They both keep really downplaying everything that she's telling them, which is kind of interesting because you would think, you know, your best friend and your husband, if your mom has a history of, um, dementia then you and you keep forgetting stuff you would think that they would be more persistent on her getting some help more empathetic more empathetic if they they don't have anything to do with each other then they're just really awful people well (laughs) technically matthew didn't know about the dementia right so a little bit of context to that is um cass's mom and dad they've both passed away Uh, her dad had died first crossing the road and got hit by a car outside of their house. And um, and then she was taking care of her mom after her dad died. Her mom was developing dementia very young, like 42, I think it was. Somewhere around there. Yeah, very early onset dementia. And they lived very poorly because Cass had quit her job to take care of her mom. They were struggling to get by. But once her mom died, she, Cass found out that her mom was actually very wealthy and now Cass has this big inheritance, which obviously has something to do with what's going on. (laughs) I'm going to assume, um, she's got money and she's, um, yeah. I mean, she bought her best friend a house, so she bought (laughs) Rachel this house. Yeah. Assume there's some money there. Yeah. So yeah, I think that definitely has a lot to do with it. And, um, but Rachel doesn't know. That Rachel she bought her house as a yeah. birthday present. I feel like Rachel knows, but it, the book is saying she doesn't know. <laughs> that's just a theory of mine. I feel like well, somehow does Matthew Rachel, know. That's or, what yeah. I was thinking. Matthew knows about the house. I, I don't. Not, know. He doesn't say. He doesn't say yet. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be a surprise. Yeah. 
But um, another thing that I picked up on was that um, they did hint or they did kind of bring up that um, Cass thinks that Rachel is jealous of her relationship with Matthew. So I thought that was kind of an interesting detail. What were you going to say, Ree? I I think, yeah, it did say something like that, but it also in that same like area, she was mad that she picked Matthew over John. And that's why she didn't like uh, Cass being with Matthew. I like John. <laughs> I do too. And that's making me really scared. Yeah. <laughs> for, for John. For John. Yeah. So John is a coworker of Cass's. He works at the school that she works at. He's actually introduced really early on, like the first book, uh, page first of the page, book, yeah. um, because as they are leaving the end of party for school, they're all going to go hang out at one of their coworkers' houses. But Cass is like, no, I need to get home. And John's disappointed about that. And later on, like pretty close to where we stopped reading, we find out that John actually didn't end up going to the party because after Cass decided not to go. So he clearly has feels. That made me super suspicious, though. Like, for some reason, I was, like, picking up on some of the things that John was doing throughout the book. And it's probably nothing. I'm probably thinking like, way too much into it because I think everyone <laughs> is a suspect. Um, but there was things that he was doing where I'm like, that's kind of suspicious. Like, him leaving right after. Don't be suspicious. I'm like, that would give him an opportunity to go and do something right after. And he has connection with Jane. Does he? Yeah, yeah, he was the uh, he was his, her tennis buddy. That's right. Yeah. But it does kind of make me feel better that they're trying to make John look suspicious because I feel like they're just trying to lead us down that path, like because they are making it kind of obvious that they're they're trying to put us on his trail. So I don't know. It makes me feel a little bit better, but I am still a little scared for John because I do really <laughs> like him and I don't want it to be him. But that's maybe. why these books work so well on me, because I'm not picking up on any of the things that you guys <laughs> pick up on. Like, I'm like, John is so sweet. She should have picked John over <laughs> Matthew. Matthew's like so condescending of yeah, her. He is. <laughs> I picked that up, too, where I'm like, man, he's just pushing everything off. Even when he like found out about the silent phone calls and was like there with her, he was like. That's normal. Why are you scared? I'm like, why are you being so mean? Another thing that I picked up on was that in um, our when she met up with Rachel, one of the times I don't recall when what part of the book it was, but Rachel had mentioned that she was in the parking lot with um, Jane Jane on the night that she and they got in this argument and they got into an argument. So I I don't know if. That's just another way of trying to get us on to somebody's, you know, like make Rachel look suspicious or if it was just something that actually is showing that Rachel had something to do with it because she was in that parking garage and she was potentially the last person to see Jane alive. Yeah, I feel like that's what I picked up the most is Rachel's suspiciousness but I feel like that is where they're setting you know the author is setting us up to like suspect Rachel because there was one time that Cass met up with Rachel and Rachel was irritable but you come to find out that it was because the police had came to Rachel's work that's where Jane who was murdered Mm -hmm. um, that's where she worked she worked with Rachel Rachel though did not know Jane apparently Um, but she was irritable because they had came to question everybody at the work and she reveals that she had, she thinks she ran into Jane in the parking lot and got into an argument. Sorry, that's it. There's a whole other thing I want to bring up, but if you haven't finished your thought, then. No, that was it. So, I mean, the, that, the irritability, there was another point where, you know, they were supposed to meet up um, with Rachel and Cass and uh, Rachel is whispering on the phone call. And Cass thinks it's because she's like in a meeting or something, but it's just very weird. Like they keep putting Rachel into these weird, they keep describing her very weirdly. So I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. What was your thought? I kind of picked up on something. Obviously they wanted us to pick up on something because they made it very blunt. But when when Cass was recalling when she had first met Jane and she was basically going over like the night that they had and how they like met up and she was sitting with her and talking and then eventually Matthew had come but he didn't come inside and Cass was looking down and saying something and she had 
said something to Jane and Jane kind of like halfly said something back, but she sounded so distracted. And then Cass looked up and, you know, she saw that she was staring at Matthew yeah. and she was like, oh, it's because my husband's so good looking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I feel like I really connected that there too, though, with um, Matthew and Rachel because she works with Rachel. So my immediate thought was, oh, she must have seen something with Matthew and Rachel together. That's a good theory. Oh, I didn't even that think of that. That is a good theory. I really like that. See, my thought, I mean, there's so many conflicting things. My initial thought was that Jane was having an affair with Matthew mm-hmm. and maybe didn't realize that Cass was his her husband. See, and-, and I didn't like that theory when they were trying to bring that up in the book. I was like, no, she has a husband in She's the innocent. twins. Like, leave her <laughs> alone. Yeah. Well, the murder is only one part of the mystery of this book. Um, Obviously, we've talked about the silent calls that Cass is getting. So there's obviously something very suspicious happening, but she's also forgetting a lot of things. And she thinks that she's getting dementia like her mother did. Um, But they go, uh, Matthew encourages encourages her to go see a doctor after all these occurrences happen and the doctor says it's not typically hereditary so some of the things that Cass is forgetting are um, things like her purse in her uh, at home when she leaves to go into town Uh, she forgets appointments she goes to school without books she um, she's just forgetting all kinds of those little type of things that her car was stolen yeah well yeah it starts escalating into these bigger things that she's forgetting such as uh, Rachel talks about buying uh, one of her coworkers a gift and asking Cass if she has bought the gift yet. And Cass is like, what are you talking about? I don't remember a gift I'm supposed to have got. And Rachel's like, yeah, we all collected money and you have the money to buy it. And Cass does not remember this. Which, why wouldn't you follow up on that with anybody? Like, But it's, I mean, that is a pretty big thing to forget, I feel like. And then she forgets that Matthew's going out of town, I'm assuming for work. They said he's going to the rig. And I had to try to look that up. And the oil, only thing I could find was oil rig. So I'm assuming that's what he does for work. They don't really say. But she's forgetting that he's going out of town and just lots of things that she keeps forgetting. She They get an alarm installed because she's so scared about the murder that she convinces uh, Matthew to let an alarm guy come which that was a whole fiasco. She's like freaking out about the guy in her house and doesn't want to be alone with him, which I guess that's fair, but she was really freaking out. Um, But the alarm gets installed and she doesn't remember that she signed a contract. Signed the contract. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge thing to forget as well. I have a theory about that. Kind of going back to the whole Matthew and Rachel and cahoots. Um, So they said that it was in her handwriting, in her signature, which... Rachel grew up with her, so mm-hmm. I could easily have been Rachel mimicking her handwriting. I grew and up with you. I feel like signature. I can't mimic your handwriting. Yeah, but I'm like, you're all also not trying to pin a murder on me, or <laughs> I don't know what, is, their, well, I what hope their not. goal is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's that. And then the um, guy who came to, um, actually, initially, the from the alarm company, he, she had mentioned that he showed up early and then after he left, she immediately gets a call from Rachel to go out and, and meet up with her. So I have a feeling that she did call the company and the guy who was actually supposed to come hadn't showed up. It was somebody that was hired to show oh. up early. And then Rachel got her out of the house before the, the actual guy from the alarm company showed up. That's an interesting theory. You had a, you had mentioned a theory about them putting something in her drinks. Mm-hmm. I kind of picked up on, I didn't think about like them putting something in her drinks, but I did go back on every instance that Cass met up with Rachel. And I looked at how many times Cass had given her alcohol mm. and almost Wait, every Cass time, gave I mean, I'm um, sorry, Rachel, Rachel, okay. Rachel, uh, Rachel gave Cass alcohol and it was pretty much almost every time, except for that first meetup when they had coffee, but it never mentioned that Rachel drink any of the alcohol. 
any of the wine. There was that one time when she had went to her and there was like half of the bottle gone. But at that point, I'm kind of like, that's a little suspicious too, because if she drank half of the bottle, but she wasn't feeling anything from it, like that's a little not, suspicious. Not everybody's lightweight like us. So. Oh, well, that's true. But it's still like <laughs> something you would feel like if it was, you know, important to the story, it would mention something about it. Like, yeah. because it always mentioned Cass taking a drink, but it never mentioned Rachel. Interesting. And, and Rachel she, always showed up early. Yeah. Before um, Cass did. So that was, that was always interesting. And that night that they had come up with the gift for uh, whoever it was. Susie. Was it Susie? Yeah. Um, she, uh, Cass had been drinking that night. Yeah. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, yeah. Well, um, the story continues where she's continuing to forget things. Um, she is getting increasingly scared. She keeps hearing creaks around the house. Um, she... That would be too. Well, there's weird things that happen. So windows open that she doesn't remember opening and she is like, I know I didn't open that, but she's, you know, having all these memory lapses that she's like, well, do I really remember that? And at one point also, she goes to a baby store because she's feeling good after talking to Matthew and Matthew's telling her these silent calls that she's getting are just a call center calling. And so she's like, you're right, you're right. The murderer is obviously not after me. So I feel good. And she, her and Matthew are talking about having a baby. And so she goes into this baby store and they're shopping around and, or she's shopping around and there's this couple in there. Well, she tells the salesperson that she's pregnant for one. I'm like, no, she assumed that she was pregnant and she just went along with it. That's true. Yeah. She, so she That's went along with why. it. Some of the things that Cass does, I really don't understand, but she, yeah, she goes along with that she's pregnant and there's this other pregnant couple in the store and they're looking at prams and Cass is helping them pick one out. She sees one that's really cute, like a blue and white one. And um, she obviously doesn't buy that, but she's suggesting that the couple buy it. She does buy this little onesie though for her future baby to reveal to Matthew that she's ready to start trying to have a baby. But What's weird is that about a week later, a couple days, a few days later, that pram is delivered to their house. That's actually something that made me think like John was super suspicious because as soon as she left the baby store, John immediately found her because he said he was going to the baby store as well. I didn't catch that either. Yeah. yeah. But remember, they, they do keep mentioning that she feels like she's being watched. So I feel like, again, that's them trying to pin something on John. That's true. Again, that's that's my pretty hope, dead on. This is my hopefulness. <laughs> They're trying to pin it on John. They're trying to make him look suspicious, but it's not actually him. I don't think it's him either. I'm still really dead set on it being Matthew, especially since the very beginning of the book when uh, he, when she had called him to go home and he said that he had a migraine and he's going to sleep in the other room. That was weird. That was super. And she didn't check on him. She said she was, she was like, oh, I should check on him. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's that's suspicious. That's really weird. If she had looked in the room, I wish that, you know, in my mind, I'm like, go, oh, no, go check on the room. But I wish they had, she had checked on it. And then, you know, then obviously it, it would have been too obvious whether or not he was there or not. But also it, it mentioned that there's one a time that Matthew was at work and she was getting those phone calls and she had picked it up and again, silent as normal, but she had called um, Matthew right after she had hung up the phone and his assistant, I believe it was, said that he was in a meeting and she got the phone call at nine o'clock and she's like, oh, he's in a meeting. How long has he been in the meeting? And she said, since nine o'clock. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. I didn't pick that up at all. I didn't either. What in the world? I didn't know that he mentioned the time at all. I must have just breezed back. Yeah, that. his assistant said that he had been in the meeting since nine o'clock, right around the time that she got the first phone call. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Man, things are stacking up against Matthew. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like Matthew anyway, so nah, that's I don't fine. like him either. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Well, uh, yeah, lots of weird things like the, the pram that, you know, the, 
that being delivered, that's pretty big. I mean, the alarm thing and the pram, I think, are pretty big things because those are both purchases that she doesn't remember. She thought that she had, well, what she thought she had bought a shed for Matthew for his birthday. And instead, the pram had showed up. Which the garden shed does show up too. Yeah. And she remembers that. They don't mention if it was like they ordered the shed again or or if or they went just, to get a different shed or if it was the same shed oh, that was delivered true they just re- mentioned that they put it to uh together yeah i guess i just assumed that it got delivered after she purchased it yeah. but maybe not um one of the other kind of underlying things that are happening through this book is Cass has not told anybody that she saw that woman in the layby at the beginning of the book. Um, she doesn't tell Matthew because she's afraid that Matthew will be upset that she took the shortcut after he explicitly said to not take the shortcut. And she doesn't tell Rachel. Uh, I feel like just because now she, her guilt is building up and she, the woman is murdered now. And so uh, she's afraid that people are going to judge her for not saying something. And she doesn't even call the police because of that same reason. And, They do broadcast that you can call in anonymously to leave a tip. And so finally, one time when Matthew's gone, she does call the police anonymously and says that she saw Jane alive around 1130 at night, the night that Jane died. I don't believe Jane was alive. I don't think so either. I picked up on that really quickly, too. I'm like, I don't think she was. She was just staring out the window and she didn't like move Move at all. all. Yeah. Yeah. And then it brought out that. Uh, on the news, I said that the killer was basically um, there with her at some point. And she's like, man, the, the killer was probably right there in the car as well. And I'm like, no, I don't think he was. I'm pretty sure he killed her before you got there. Yeah. I don't know. Because I'm like, I understand that it was storming and everything. But it said that the way that she died was her throat was cut. Like, that's pretty. Like, how do you not see I mean, she wasn't able to or- recognize her at all. Yeah. yeah. And the rain, when it's heavily raining, I mean, it's all on the window, maybe steamy in there. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. She said, I feel like they, uh, the author noted to us that even the facial features, obviously, because uh, she didn't recognize it was Jane, but um, maybe she could have she thought it was a shirt or yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But um, but that's another thing that's kind of just frustrating through this book is Cass is not telling anybody that, well, number one, that she's forgetting things. Number two, that she knows more about this situation. I mean, she doesn't really. She doesn't know. She didn't know anything about the murder, but she has information that mm-hmm. she's not sharing with people. But then there's all these weird things happening with Matthew, with Rachel, uh, with her potential neighbor oh her potential neighbor yeah Mm -hmm. there's a neighbor that moves in because they live in a pretty isolated area where i think that based off of what i'm reading i imagine that they're at the end of a street and it's their house and not another house for a while yeah that's what i got yeah but there's a new neighbor that's pretty close that moves in and she's suspicious of this neighbor because it's a, a man that lives there. And she sees him walking by her house quite often. And, and again, the, her house is basically the only one at the end of this road. Beyond her is woods. And she sees him walking from the woods to the woods. Or she thinks it's it's her neighbor. That this guy, we haven't actually confirmed that the guy who's been staring at her house is her neighbor. Well, I feel like we did because she yeah. drove by the house and she saw him outside of the house. I thought that was outside of her, her house. No, it was, yeah, it was outside of oh, okay. his house. And I think that's why, because she, she freaks out at that point. And not only that, but there is a point like really close to the end of where we stopped where Matthew had said that he had come from the woods past the house. Yeah. But he didn't know that he was like staring at the house, which is what threw him off. But he did confirm that he was walking back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, I feel like that's reasonable if, I mean, I wouldn't want to go walking through woods, but if it's like a isolated area and that's, it's, he's an older man mm-hmm. her, cause Matthew has talked with this man. He's in his what late mid late sixties. He's retired his wife had just left him right before they moved. So, I mean, I feel like walking through the woods isn't too crazy, but it's just adding to Cass's paranoia, obviously. 
So, and she I mean, thinks staring at somebody's house is is a little, is a little crazy. weird. <laughs> but we're all also seeing it from Cass's eyes. So, was he really staring the way that yeah. she describes it, or was he just kind of like walking by? I mean, I feel like when I walk by houses, I kind of look at them and admire them or observe like what's going on. So, yeah, if you see something beautiful in a house, you stare at it a little bit more, you know, longer than normal. I feel you like they're trickling him know what in. You're doing to people <laughs> you can do that we're freaking them out someone's staring out the window like why is she staring at my house doing that yeah. i feel like this neighbor is a di- diversion like mm-hmm. really i he, they're trickling him in but i feel like it's yeah they're just trying to lead us astray as to who are where our suspicions lie but yeah. should we talk about the knife go ahead yeah that was pretty crazy that was a that was a pretty major thing she um i think she was making dinner one night and she had walked into the kitchen for something and she immediately freaks out and runs um, back into the living room to Matthew and says that she saw the knife and he goes in to look and she ke- she keeps trying to convince him not to go in because she, she's really, really freaked out over it. But he ends up going in and he's like, well, I don't see a knife. Where is it? You mean the knife that we used for dinner tonight? And she walks in and the knife is gone. That's it's pretty, replaced with just a regular with a just smaller, smaller knife. Yeah, the knife they had used yeah. for dinner that night. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. So is she seeing things? She's or seeing, yeah. And she can't remember. She she can't remember if there was blood on the knife or for sure if it was the knife that was used. Um well did the, they show the knife on TV? Is that yes. why she thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they showed what type of knife was used to kill Jane. So she says that that's the same knife that she she supposedly saw in the kitchen as well. But when they go back in, I mean, Matthew goes in first, but Cass is following pretty closely behind. So he obviously couldn't have switched it with how close they were. But there's still Rachel, <laughs> yeah, who is presumably out of town right now. Yes. So. True. I don't know. I think that he's definitely doing something because there is a part in the book where she had thought that she had closed all of the windows and doors and everything because she was paranoid about something and Matthew was gone. And then later that night, uh, Matthew had come home and the window was open and she was like, did you open that window? And he's like, no, it's been like that since I got home. And that freaked her out because obviously she's like, no, I closed everything, you know. Um, I don't remember that window being opened. And then I think the next chapter, it it had said at the very end where she's like, that window wasn't even open at all from the beginning. It was the back door that was open. Yeah. So I think that was definitely Matthew doing something. And I think he's gaslighting her big time. And I think that plays into her paranoia because, I mean, she's already like, getting all of this other stuff and paranoia does a lot to the brain. It makes up things. And I'm sure she's seeing things because of that. Or maybe the theory about them putting something in like her drinks or something. Well, along that same thought, we go to Dr. Deacon, who or Matthew encourages Cass to go see Dr. Deacon. And Matthew had talked to Dr. Deacon before Cass goes, well, before they go together. This makes Cass upset because she's like, well, you're you know, exposing all of my feelings and all of the things I'm going through without me being there. That makes me uncomfortable. But, and yeah, Matthew, come on. But um, based off of everything that Matthew is basically telling Dr. Deacon and he's getting cast to basically say stuff that she's forgetting as well. Cass reveals that her mom was diagnosed with dementia. Supposedly, this is the first time Matthew's hearing about this. And the doctor doesn't think that she's dealing with dementia, but he does prescribe pills for her stress. And she starts taking the pills. She takes, the doctor says that she can take one to two, just depending on what she wants. And she ends up taking two and she's just like out. She wakes up all groggy, disoriented, um, just so there's some pretty strong pills. Yeah, for I'm just like <laughs> my doctor didn't give me those. <laughs> right for stress. Like I don't think it's supposed to like make you n- not livable. Like I think it's supposed to do the opposite. And, but she's just like confined to the couch, sleeping all day, 
waking up groggy, just completely out of it. And not just like, it doesn't just knock her out. Like it really knocks her. Like she couldn't even hear these phone calls that she was getting. She's out, out like in hours will go by and she doesn't remember sleeping that long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's something seriously wrong with that. I feel so is Dr. Deacon in on it or I don't know. You guys are saying that you think Matthew and Rachel are doing something like giving her pills or something. So Matthew seems to make coffee a lot in the morning. Is he giving her something and these pills that are kind of combining and causing her to be disoriented? I don't know. It's kind of strange. It's another weird thing going on. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of weird things happening. Yeah. But what I can't think of is why they would be doing that. Because like, I mean, like even if they were like having an affair or something, it's like, why go through all of this effort to make her feel this way? Like maybe if she ever found out something, maybe they'd be like, no, you're crazy or something. But like to pin a murder on, like, I don't think they're trying to pin the murder on her. No, but money's definitely involved as we found out. I mean, she's wealthy. So I feel like money is involved. I don't know with who. I don't know. You guys are pretty strong on the Rachel and Matthew thing. I think Rachel for sure. Matthew's just kind of a butt. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like. But I kind of hope Matthew's in. <laughs> Matthew needs to get out of the picture so she could be with John. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because John is definitely smitten. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John is definitely, he didn't go to that party. He broke invites her out to coffee. Yeah. His they, girlfriend broke up with him, I think. Yeah. No, she went missing. Wait, she, what? What? Yeah. That's what he said. That's what I thought was really weird is at the very end, somewhere close to where we stopped, he said that he, she went missing. I do not recall. I don't that. recall that either. I'm going to have to go look. I back thought, I thought he had just said something like she took off, um, well, I guess, yeah, that's I kind of missing, but like she just took off without saying anything to him. But I guess that, yeah. Well, maybe that the way vicious. they phrased it is, I'm just thinking about it wrong. Because I could have swore that he said that she went missing, but maybe that's what he meant is like she just took off. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Well. Yeah. Mm. But he's inviting her out to coffee. He He buys her lunch. Obviously has feelings for her, which, John, we like you a lot. We wish that Cass would have picked you as well, but then we probably we wouldn't have the story. <laughs> um, time will tell. Yeah. I'm kind of curious on why Cass didn't pick him, though, because he was apparently he's gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> he has hair falling over his forehead. But like, why? Like she, she, she said, said that she was relieved when she started dating Matthew because she had mentioned that she didn't want to date a coworker, but I don't oh. know how much detail. I don't remember if they went into any more detail than that, but she said she didn't date coworkers. And oh my so. goodness. We forgot a major thing about this story. Uh, Cass has met Jane before. Did we talk about that? She, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Because um, oh, Rhea had mentioned the, yes. her seeing Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they, they hit it off. They hit it off a lot, yeah. Maybe that has something to do with it, too, because um, Jane, like you said, she saw Matthew and she kind of was acting a little weird after that. So maybe Rachel, like you were saying, that she had seen Rachel and Matthew together and maybe Rachel and Matthew were like, we need to take care of this. And the only thing I find weird about that mm-hmm. is, I guess we're only hearing from Rachel and if Rachel's in on it, then it's not very reliable, but... Rachel's saying that she didn't know who Jane was, except for the parking lot. She said she knew of Jane, but she wasn't close with her. Okay. So she she definitely had a knowledge of who Jane was. And I'm sure they recognize each other. Yeah. Like, I think even um, Jane, when she was in her meeting with Cass, had said um, something about Rachel and how she wasn't really close with her, but she knew who she was. Yeah. So. Obviously, there's something between the three of them. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. There's something else I wanted to point out though, which I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong too, but there was a point in the book where right after, um, the alarm man had come and gone and Rachel had called her right after, I didn't pick up on like what you had thought about it, Mm -hmm. but 
I thought it was weird that right after she went to go meet with her and um, they had like lunch or whatever. And then she came back. And then when she had come back, um, Matthew had asked how it was to hang out with Rachel. And I was like, that was really weird because she ran out in a hurry because she was scared of being paranoid at home. The alarm man had just left. She was like really nervous. And then Rachel had called her out of the blue. So like, how did Matthew know that she was with Rachel? Hmm, fair point. Maybe there's text messages happening between them throughout the day that they're, that the author's just not telling us. I don't know. That is interesting though. I didn't pick up on that. But um, towards the end of the section that we read were four weeks since the murder. Cass is still receiving calls. She previously had wrote a letter to Jane's husband, Alex, um, just in sympathy saying, you know, I knew Jane. She was wonderful. Sorry for your loss. And she gets a letter back from Alex saying, you know, very encouraging, saying so glad that you met her, that you love, you know, that you knew her, loved her. Um, And to, you know, he's getting a lot of flack right now because obviously the husband is number Number one one. suspect. Mm -hmm. And so everybody, you know, his picture has been plastered everywhere on the news. People are following him. They're avoiding him. People avoiding him. Coming specifically to their little neighborhood Mm -hmm. to strike up conversations with him, to try to get more information. And so, um, yeah, he says, you know, if you ever see me, you know, don't try to, don't avoid me. Um, but she ends up going to the neighborhood and be after, uh, going into town. I don't know, just to like understand where Jane came from, not specifically to run into Alex. That's not anything that they say at all, but I think she was trying to avoid going home at that point because she had just got done uh, having that afternoon with John and she didn't want to go home yet because she was still paranoid. Yeah. So she's like, she aimlessly drove the way that Jane would go home and ended up in her little neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And she ends up running into Alex and Jane's two daughters as well. And they're at the park and Alex is, you know, Alex is very sweet as well. So I don't suspect Alex at all. I love Alex. I feel so bad for him. Like I really want a happy ending for Alex. Well, I mean, well, I mean, okay. (laughs) You know, obviously outside of, of that, like I, I think he's so sweet and his kids are so sweet. And so, yeah, I just, I hope they talk more about his story too. Yeah. In the second half of this book. Yeah. Well, um, the end of our sections that we were reading, we find out that uh, Matthew has invited the neighbor over for dinner. And right now the neighbor is Cass's number one suspect for not only being the murderer, but the one who is calling her, following her, watching her, watching. Yeah. And she's very, very convinced that these phone calls are coming from a man. She keeps saying that she's like, she just knows she just knows she has a feeling. Although there was one time where she said that she didn't feel like it was a man. Yeah. The one time that Mm -hmm. Matthew was there. Yeah. Yeah. Which also pins Matthew and Rachel. Yeah. True. But she, she did make herself seem really crazy when she told Matthew like, oh, this phone call is different. And he's like, what do you mean different? The other ones, they're just so menacing. I was like, how... (laughs) Don't say that. Like <laughs> you're trying to convince him that these are, you know, uh, from the murder. Don't don't make yourself look crazy. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. Does any do you guys have anything else to add? I think that pretty much rounds us out for where we've left off. Yeah, I'm super excited for the rest of the book. Yeah. Well, I I feel like we've heard your guys' theories. So you both, right, uh, Rhiannon and Alyssa, you guys are both. Matthew and Rachel are in this together in cahoots. All right. I've read this book. So (laughs) I've been, uh, I mean, I read it a while ago. I don't fully remember the ending. Um, I'm not going to give anything away as to what I do kind of remember, but yeah, I think I find it because I don't pick up on things like you guys did. So reading through it again, I didn't even pick up on some of the stuff that you guys are saying. My only other theory 
was I kind of dismissed this one because I'm like, eh, it's probably not is that she actually is crazy. And she's just thinking of all these things because of the murder happening so close to her. And she's just like now like so paranoid that she thinks that, you know, it could be anyone around her. Well, so one of the things that I was thinking is, is Cass the murderer? Because I kind of thought about these that memory too. losses. Yeah. Mm. But I also dismissed that one pretty quickly in my head. Why? Um, I don't know. I kind of just... It, so it made sense to me at first when I was thinking about it because of the fact that, oh, she probably you know, could have done it since she's forgetting so many different things. She could have done it and just had forgotten about it. And then she's now like so traumatized from it, maybe that it's not like she's not being able to recall it. But I was like, for what purpose would she have to kill her? Yeah, that's a fair point. Because she only found out something. That's true. And then blacked out. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very thin theory maybe she's super jealous and when she when jane was staring at her husband longingly she's like no that's my man uh she said she, she seemed kind of proud about it so i don't know yeah and i don't know if like why then why would jane be suspicious of matthew like there's something obviously going on there yeah well we're gonna read part two well the, the second half we're gonna find out the grand finale in our next episode. Right so. after this podcast time. Yeah, Alyssa's <laughs> going to just be jumping. She's chomping at the bit. I like Alyssa's like method to this. So she waited until the last minute because she knew that she wouldn't be able to deal with not being able to read the rest of the book. I finished the first um, part on, what was it? Wednesday night. So it's already been a day and I'm getting a little jittery. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let's let's wrap this up. I have a book to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I finished the rest of the chapter this morning. I did as well. During my lunch, actually, <laughs> I hurried up and read it. So, I cannot do what yeah. you do. I am not a fast enough reader. Well, I wish okay. I could because I also that's why I paced it out so much because I'm like, man, this book is really good, but I can't read as fast as you can. So I'm like, I have to pace myself in order to actually be able to read it all but also in a reasonable amount of time it's a blessing and a curse (laughs) (laughs) well um one of the things i thought was interesting and if you've come this far with us in this episode either you've read the book or you just want to hear us talk about it which is totally cool we would love listeners like that. Um, but if you are still interested in picking up the book, because again, we've only read the first half, so we do not know the ending. Some of the well, Amazon reviews, do. well, I do. Well, I don't really remember. <laughs> I remember kind of, but some of the Amazon reviews that I looked at uh, say so repetitive, I may not finish it. Don't waste your money. But then there's lots of good ones too. Great story, addictive roller coaster, so good, a major page turner. There's a lot of like kind of conflicting. It's repetitive and then it's really good. What do you guys think about the repetitiveness? Like her keep getting phone calls. And I feel like when you're trying to gaslight somebody, like there's a lot of repetition in that. So, I mean, that, I feel like that's kind of the path that the author is going down. So there has to be that repetition if if that's, I mean, again, I, I don't know way. how it ends, but that that's what needs to be done. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's got to, it's the author's building this up like okay she's progressively getting like more and more paranoid more and more crazy quote unquote um but good for you whoever left that review i guess you've never gaslit anybody (laughs) (laughs) glad to hear that i don't think i've gaslit i mean yeah i don't know i didn't mind the repetitiveness either because it wasn't just that it was repetitive, but there was new clues coming along, along with all of the repetitiveness. Right. So it just seemed more interesting. Yeah. I think it's a page turner. I think it's a great book to pick up, but pick it up for yourself if you want to find out if it's a book that you would like. If you like suspense, uh, if you like not really knowing what's going on, this is a perfect book for you. So uh, thank you so much for joining us for our first episode. We are so excited. I am so glad to be here with you guys as sisters and somebody to talk to also about these books. And we're going to find out the big reveal in the, in the next episode. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. 
thank you for listening to our podcast, Books Between Sisters. If you would like to submit any questions, comments, reviews, or discussion questions, please feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BBS underscore pod. You can also send us an email with book suggestions or your questions at booksbetweensisterspod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to donate uh, any money to our podcast, buy us a book, uh, or even if you want to like buy us a cup of coffee, uh, you can donate at coffee.com with our username BBS uh, podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.